Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Welcome to the labor of love. That is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max with Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio. Catch us on the ESPN app. Watch us on ESPN Tune and tune in to us on Twitter at Coleman ESPN and at HDouglas83. HDouglas, HBoogie, what's going on this morning, brother? Nothing much, my man, Freddie. You know, I love being on with you. Amen. Labor Day. Yes. While all you slackers are at home uh-huh. taking this Labor Day off, me and Freddie yep. right here, Pat Costello, also my boy James Steele back there working, and Alan Later. Yates. We're here working on Labor Day. That's my, what we do, though, baby. As my football coach from Manchester University, Tom Elsass, always said after training camp, yep, <laughs> we are going to labor on Labor Day, but it's going to be a labor of love That's unless right. you're an LSU football fan because they're not – family they could not catch the ball between (laughs) you and me how many times have we seen games like this and a guy that we all know very well marty schottenheimer a guy who i think harry should be in the pro football hall of fame he used to say a lot more football games are lost more than one if you can avoid turnovers big plays allowed pre-snap foolish penalties and kicking game errors all that happened to lsu losing 24 23 last night to florida state down in the superdome in new orleans yeah, Freddie, and I think it was more so a theme around college football, too, and it just trickled down to Sunday night when it came to LSU. Special teams matter. So a lot of people there, they get enamored by the offensive plays, the, 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 the big touchdowns and the big runs, and then defensively the interceptions, the sacks, and all that. But understand that there's, a, there's three phases in a football game, offense, defense, and special teams. They call it special teams for a reason and we see last night with the missed extra point it possibly could could have cost LSU the game well it cost LSU the game we don't know if it went in overtime if they would have won it or not but still you didn't give your chance you didn't give your team that opportunity and I also look at a game this past weekend too Freddie East Carolina versus NC State East Carolina Mm -hmm. got a punt block for a touchdown but not only that they missed the extra point to tie the game, the kicker had another opportunity to win it in regulation and missed another kick. Special teams matter. We see last night with LSU two muff punts, a block extra point, and then a missed field goal. You think about all of that, LSU could have won that game easily last night, but they did it. And Brian Kelly, who's getting all that money to bring a family atmosphere down to Baton Rouge and the LSU, Check out what he had to say after losing a game that many people believe his team had no business losing to Florida State. I was proud of our resolve. Um, we battled. Um, but, you know, we, we, we just have to learn how to play the game um, the right way, and that is for four quarters. Um, we, we didn't play with uh, the kind of sense of urgency that I want uh, for four quarters, and that was evident in our play. We didn't tackle very well. We couldn't get off the field on third down. Um, we didn't execute very well um, offensively. They looked like an undisciplined team when it comes to LSU. We can say, Harry, all we want about, okay, you missed the field goal that was blocked, the extra point was blocked, the muff punts and everything. But even outside of that, yeah. they look like an undisciplined football team. I go back to the targeting penalty that happened when Travis throws the touchdown pass to P- the Pookie Wilson down the sideline. And he lunged and launched and helmet-to-helmet contact. That's what happens we have a team that was not being disciplined mentally and physically, and we saw that from an LSU team that has a lot of talent, Harry, but that undisciplined, that lack of discipline, that cost them last night, and they better be careful it doesn't cost them even more games in a rugged SEC that went 13-1 and over this weekend, and the only loss was LSU to Florida State last night. 
Yeah, and that undisciplined play we seen last year in the National Football League with the Dallas Cowboys and how yep. it hurt them and then how it trickled over this year into preseason, and they still haven't got that fixed. Uh, that play that you're talking about was B.J. Ojolari, the little brother of, of Aziz Ojolari, who played at Georgia, and he's going to be a pro. He's going to be a phenomenal player. I actually love his game. Uh, but certain things that, like that can't happen. I think I'm, excuse me, it was uh, Ali Gay. Ali Gay, excuse me, yeah. Ali Gay, mm-hmm, yeah. who's another guy that I think is going to be playing on Sundays. And one of the, uh, the LSU's best player, whether it's offensively or defensively or special teams. Yeah. But certain things like that you just can't do. And then not only that, though, getting the field goals, block an extra point, and then a regular field goal as well, that's all about being disciplined, all about trusting one another. Things like that cannot happen because when you have an opportunity, if you're LSU or you're Brian Kelly, this is your first game, your first showing, you had an opportunity to win that game single-handedly. Now, I'm going to go to the offensive side of the ball, Freddie, because okay. – they have a phenomenal wide receiver in Keyshawn um, Boutte, right? And I love his game, and I love the way he plays the wide receiver position, but I didn't think they did a great job last night of trying to get him the football. Yeah, three and targets, think, yeah, no, no yeah, question. And I think going in each and every football game, whether he's double-teamed or not, because I've played and seen a lot of guys be double-teamed in college and in the National Football League, there are ways that you can get him the football. You can just literally line up and just throw it to him. Screens. Uh, you can hand it to him on reverses or little ghost plays. It's all kind of ways you can get him involved. But when you wait so late to get him the football, and they threw him like a, a, a little skinny post last night in the end zone, the tight red zone. Mm-hmm. And I understand what the commentator was saying that, hey, he should be looking for the ball. And, yes, they do teach receivers, no matter what, always think the football is coming to you. Greg McElroy made that point last night on that play you're talking about. But it's also a safety sitting right there. That ball should not be going there at that moment. Right. Like, like I, I understand what, what, what Keyshawn Boutte was seeing because that ball should not have been there. But you should always be prepared and look for it. But you've seen the frustration on his face and his body language because – it had been so long before they actually targeted him and tried to get him the football. Be a part of Keyshawn, J. Will and Max Nation of Dr. Pepper. Call online. You can call me and Harry Douglas, part of Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio at 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Harry, on the other side, if you're Florida State and you're Coach Mike Novell, you're doing exactly what you're saying right now. Ooh, because the last thing you needed was to lose a game like this that we've seen the last five, six years yes. that they have not been able to win those kind of games. And you got a certain Florida State alum named Deion Sanders. Prime time. Got, yeah, prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Doing his thing at Jackson State. The last thing you needed is to have that kind of conversation come up if you don't win a game like this. And you mentioned it, Harry, before we got on the air today. That was a massive, massive win. You can say it's a loss by LSU. Both are true. But if you're Florida State, Mike Norvell, you need a game like that to go in your favor and not go against you, even though it's week two for Florida State in 2022. And, Freddie, I got to give credit to quarterback Jordan Travis, who's been inconsistent throughout his career. Yesterday in a hostile environment, even though you had a lot of Florida State fans down there in New Orleans, but that is the backyard of LSU Mm -hmm. playing right down the road in Baton Rouge. And he was able to make the plays necessary with his arm and with his legs uh, to, to, to get them a victory. And I just love to see young players like that uh, progress and show that they can, you know, get better over time. Right. Because there was times last year or the year before, like, you're like, man, Jordan Travis might not be the guy. 
But then you see him uh, last night making the plays that he needed to make. They got some transfers in the wide receiver position. Shout out to Coach Ron Dugans, um, a guy I've known mm-hmm. for a very, very long time, getting that wide receiver group right. But then you, when you have a quarterback in place that can make the throws that you're seeing right now, and if you're listening, that I'm about to talk about, the touchdown. You see the, uh, the, the, the trick play. And yeah. a lot of people, maybe it was underthrown. And Greg uh, McElroy did a great job of explaining because he played quarterback. Mm-hmm. Listen, when you have plays like that, you can't, can't get the laces. Yep. You just got to get the football out. So I thought he did a great job utilizing his legs, uh, getting away from blitzes from the LSU defense. And Florida State won that game last night because of their quarterback. And more importantly, keeping that Deion Sanders conversation at bay, at least for another week down to Florida State, we got a Mark Novell trying to get that thing going and keeping it going in the right direction. The Seminoles blocking the LSU extra point and winning last night was a mayhem moment. This mayhem moment is brought to you by Allstate. Get protected from mayhem this year, like me, when you switch and save with Allstate. Like we mentioned, hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. With Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman, thanks for joining us, and Keyshawn J. Willemax, and the number 12 and why that is a bad number for some involved with the future of college football. Listen to Keyshawn J. Will and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the more tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap live radio. ESPN radio everywhere you are. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e bike yet? You need to check out Electric e bikes today, the number one selling e bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Long Harry Douglas, Freddie, coming in for the guys today on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio and catches on the ESPN app and Series X and Channel 80. James, you and I don't mind haters, but Harry, there's a certain guy who works for this network that works for us, James Steele, that is hating on Albert Pujols hoping that he doesn't get 700 and that he stops at 699 after hitting 695. James Steele, explain yourself, sir. I, I'm rooting for him to get 699. That's Boo. all. But why? Boo. Like, What's why? the reasoning behind I, it? I don't like Albert Pujols. Why? What do you or the Cardinals. What, what, did, what did Pujols do to you? Yeah, what did he do to you? Oh, Tortured the Pirates for like a decade. I understand. It's the, it's, loyalty, I mean, it's, it's the Pirates, though, James. Yeah, everybody well, tortures them. I, I don't. I don't like anything because of the yeah, Pirates. I think the, pirate, <laughs> the Pirates tortured themselves. Plenty. Dude, you I like the Braves either, Harry. Yeah, you get mad at anybody, Whoa. James. You know, get mad at ownership for not. Oh, a I'm, oh, I'm team very, out there. I'm very angry at that too. I mean, you see my shirt. Yeah, I do. Yes, I Hodgepodge do. Hodgepodge and Yeah, exactly. That's the, uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates of proud tradition since 1979. 
So here's what we have. So James says he doesn't like the Cardinals, doesn't like Pujols, uh-huh. doesn't like the Braves, but nope. he loves the Pirates. So let's see. What, what I've come up with is that you don't like winners. Uh, you like, he you like losers. Winners. He likes losers. Yeah, he's, a, he's a Chiefs fan, by the way. Yeah. No, those yeah. guys are winners. The but Penguins we, we, are winners? We're, we're sticking with baseball right now. We're sticking with baseball. Okay. We're sticking with baseball. <laughs> you don't okay. like winners don't when like it comes winners. to baseball. Well, it just so happens that I'm a pirate fan, so there's nothing I can do about that. Wow. Wow. That's what we're doing? Really? James, I'll give you a 10 for defense and a 20 and twenty points for timing, but, you know, this this Albert Pujols hate seems to be a residual effect of Sid Bream, what happened to yep. your team back in the 90s. And yeah, Albert Pujols was around then. Anything, anything after Sid Bream, uh, I pretty much hate about baseball. Wow. Is that why you hate the Braves? Yes. Sid Bream is absolutely why I hate the Braves. <laughs> See, the, the Braves tortured my team for years in the 90s. And it's like, I don't, not say I don't worry about them or don't hate them. I just know exactly what the landscape had. So I'm not surprised with people hating the Braves. With me as a Mets fan, I'm just, look, there's nothing we could do about that. Chipper Jones yeah. named his son I know. after the stadium up there. That is a cold brother right <laughs> after there. After the man. ballpark. Because bad said. enough that you're cold and did my Mets in time and time again. But that's cold naming your kid after the stadium that you tortured the team in. Mets fans, we're coming. And when I mean where, I mean me and the Braves. We're coming. Trust Are you me. on the team? What do you mean me and the Braves? Say, yeah. you, you yeah, sound... I've been a Braves fan since I was a kid. Okay, but you still haven't played I have a, a good relationship with Chipper Jones. Apparently you do. You got that family relationship with them. Talking about we and this and us and them. Yeah. World Series champions. We'll, defending. We'll that see. Is. We'll see this year. Six ninety nine. From your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Radio. Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And on ESPN2. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com today will be remembered as a landmark day in the history of college football the college football playoff will expand we're going to a 12 team playoff you can get it done in 2024 why couldn't it have been done a long time ago the biggest surprise happened in college football this weekend that you clearly missed We'll get to that in 10 minutes here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max with our man Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Catch us on ESPN Radio. Watch us on ESPN2 and ESPN News. And hit us up anytime in your smart speaker by saying, just play ESPN Radio. The one thing that I told people, Harry, about the college football playoff expanding to 12 teams, A, you shouldn't have been surprised, and B, there was no way that they were not going to expand sooner than later yep. after all the money that big-time college programs, not just football programs, 
but athletic programs lost due to the pandemic in 2020. They were going to make up that money, Harry, a lot sooner than a lot later. Yeah, well, I had a chance this weekend. Um, I do the show Countdown to College Game Day that leads into game day, and we had Pete Thamel on. And one of the things I asked him is, like, what does this mean now for conferences like, you know, the ACC, the Pac-12, the Big 12, especially because those conferences were uh, looked upon as being left out when you've seen UCLA and USC joining the Big 10 soon. And then you see Oklahoma and Texas joining the uh, SEC soon. So I asked him, what did it mean for those those other three conferences? He was like, well, basically they can take a, a breather now. Because mm-hmm. now when you have, it, you have 12 teams that can make the college football playoffs, the ACC most likely won't get left out. Now, they can't have teams winning the, the, I mean the, the ACC that's like four wins. And I, even I think mm-hmm. then I think they get an automatic bid, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, because I think what the, top, the, the six conferences get automatic bids, right? The highest ranking teams that win conference championships then the six at large after that. Yep, and then, but another thing I thought about was Notre Dame, right? And there was a lot of talk about Notre Dame possibly joining one of these bigger conferences. And I've always said, and I asked Marcus Freeman, Freeman this when we had him up in Bristol, uh, up in uh, Seaport, is why would Notre Dame go to a conference if there's going to be a 12-team playoff? So that right. pretty much solidified that on that end for me. And then another thing is when you have the first-round buys of the games, uh, the, first, the, the top four teams – are these games going to be played at home stadiums or do these universities have an opportunity to pick a, a, uh, a neutral site? And I think, I think it's their choice. So that's another dynamic. And then I also thought about Freddie, does this mean, okay, um, these players that sit out bowl games now, they have an opportunity to compete for a national championship. So now we won't see that. Mm-hmm. Star players and top ten picks in the, in, the, in, the, in the upcoming NFL draft not playing in these bowl games. When these players have an opportunity to reach their common goal, which everybody's common goal is to win a national championship, sure. they're going to go out there and they're going to play. They're not going to sit out and have a, let their team down and have an opportunity to win something they've been striving for their entire life. Here's something else that I thought about with the whole expansion. And like I mentioned, if I have in Freddie's perfect world, it would stay at four teams, but the world I live in, we all live in this planet earth. I knew Mm -hmm. that was never, ever going to happen again, especially after the pandemic and all the money and furloughs that happened out there involving big time college programs, all athletic programs where football will continue to move that needle and keep moving that needle further and further because that money gravy train, Harry is not going away anytime soon. There seems to be an endless track when it comes to money, in big time college athletics. But there are going to be plenty of bowls out there that are going to say, what about us mm-hmm. when it comes to Coswell playoff expansion? The days of the traditional bowl tie-ins, that's been long gone for a minute. But there are plenty of these lower-tier bowls that make a lot of money off of games being televised or people coming into their communities and spending that money, riding out, uh, wiping out ATM machines left and right, Harry, spending yep. money at community. All of a sudden with a 12-team playoff, once you lose in the first round, that doesn't mean you're going to a bowl. We're going to have a lot of teams, five and seven, six and six, and people will watch. But a lot of, I guarantee a lot of bowl committee members and lower tier bowls thinking, man, oh, man, what is going to become of us? We talk about the little guy, like FCS schools and all those group of five schools getting pushed up by the bigger guys, bigger guys, Harry. But there are going to be a lot of tiered bowls, lower or middle tier bowls that are thinking, man, this is great for college football in the playoffs. That does not mean financially it's going to be great for us as a bowl system. Then the interesting, another interesting part for me, Freddie, is like as, as you think more about it, um, how many of these universities are going to actually choose, you know, to play these games on their campus versus playing at a neutral site? And that's big because 
I noticed, like, traveling with College Game Day, the difference in December when you're going somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that's normally the, the, the championship weekend and these games being at neutral sites, but it's a difference when you're playing these games at campus. But then in December, when are these, when are these students going on break, right? So right. are they really going to be on campus? Sure. Uh, but but you, think about the neutral, you think about the neutral sites. You already have the college football playoffs, right, when those two games are going to be at neutral sites. Uh, all those games, now you're digging more into the pockets of the fan. Like, okay, so now we got to go possibly three places if you're not one of those top four teams and you get that first round by. So that's another thing to look out. Now fans are going to be playing a, a ton of money if your team, say you're, the, 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 let's say the, the seventh place team, and you make it all the way to the, to the, to the, to the championship. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money that you're paying if you're a fan mm-hmm. to go watch your team play all those different games at three different sites. And that's the one thing more than ever before. People are going to be very, very careful. Okay, which game do I want to go to? Yeah, I want to, I want to support the team. I want to be there for my team. I want to yep. be there to have that support. But more than ever before, finances are going to be at a premium with gas prices, even though they've come down in this country, but airline mm-hmm. flights and all hotel reservations and everything, it's going to be quite prohibitive for someone who's not a major donor, who doesn't have that kind of money and stroke where they can – have somebody write that off in their tax return. The, the average friend, Freddie, right. the average yeah, friend. The average jo- yeah, the average Joe and Josephine, the average college student. They're yeah. going to say, you know, I'll watch it on TV. I'll go to a bar in my hometown and watch it. But that TV money is too much to ignore. They're not going to ignore that from ESPN, from ABC, from Fox, from CBS, from NBC. They believe it's worth it because the money that rolls in, they can live with not having full stadiums because they believe it's going to be a full stadium, Harry, when it comes to a national championship game. But they're hoping at least – more than a close to a full state when it comes to semifinal games with a 12-team expansion that they want happening by 2024. Probably not likely to happen until 2026. Now, after everything I didn't say, I do agree with it going to 12 teams. Uh, I, I said this, and I think the perfect time that they could have tested this was during the COVID year. I thought they could have made a little few exceptions. Now, I don't know logistically how everything works and with the money and then the deals and all that. I don't understand how that works. But I thought if they were going to – because that was an unorthodox year. If it was a year that they could uh, make some exceptions, it should have been the COVID year just to test it out and see how it could have been. Therefore, you could have seen those back-end teams, how they could have fared up uh, against the, power, the powerhouse schools. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, when I, and I said this Saturday on Countdown to College Game Day, I think about when I was playing for the Atlanta Falcons, right? And we had the number one seed, and, and the Green Bay Packers squeaked into the playoffs and got the last seed and went on to win the Super Bowl in 2010. Right. You don't know what can happen. All you got to do is be better than that team on that day. Mm-hmm. So any and everything can happen for one game. Depth and attrition are going to be two words that you're going to hear a lot of. And I wonder, with a 12-team playoff, when we're going to start to hear the drum beat getting louder and louder to go from 85 scholarships to maybe 95, maybe 100 to make it for a lot of depth that you're mm-hmm. going to need the further and further that you're likely to advance in a college ball playoff if you're one of the bigger teams out of the power conferences. With Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman, thanks for joining us on Keyshawn, Javon Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. And you better get them when it comes to this quarterback in college football, this team in college football, and this conference in college football. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. With Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman in for the guys today on Keyshawn, Jabel, and Max on ESPN Radio. Don't forget to catch up with us on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and also watch us on ESPN2 and ESPN News. It's time to give you some of these observations from a man who played in the NFL known as Harry Douglas. When he's a member of the Falcons and the Titans, these observations, college football style, brought to you by Geico. Switch to Geico today and see all the ways you could save. Number one. Number one for me from the college football season week one, Anthony Richardson, quarterback for the University of Florida. Freddie, I said time and time again last year, not this year, last year, that I thought Anthony Richardson should have been the starting quarterback for the University of Florida. They went with Emory Jones instead last year. But when I look at a guy like Anthony Richardson, you talk about 6'4", about 200, between 200, 235 pounds, elusive, athletic, Fast, can run, strong arm. I think about a guy named Cam Newton. I think he's more athletic than Cam Newton, though. Mm. But I watched this guy this past weekend against Utah, who has a really good team, offensively, defensively, and on special teams. But Anthony Richardson, time and time again, made plays. Threw 468 yards, very um, high percentage, completion percentage. Also ran for over 100 yards and three touchdowns to help Florida come back and win that football game. But... It was the youngster in Anthony Richardson that didn't make the plays that cost his team the game. Instead, at the end of the game, it was Cameron Rising, the quarterback who I had a lot of faith in that didn't make the play uh, and turned the football over and didn't even allow Utah to kick a field goal. So when I'm looking at a guy like Anthony Richardson, I look at his intangibles, and a lot of people said before this season that he could possibly go in the first round. I think after his first game, he's not only going to go in the first round, but I think he's going to be a top-ten pick if he continues to be consistent and lead Florida uh, to more wins this season. Number two. Number two, I'm going to go with the UGA offense and Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett, Stetson Bennett, Bennett. Fourth, by the way. 
Stetson Bennett the fourth. That's right. And that's important because I'm the fourth too. <laughs> so I know go. he wants it being said. <laughs> Stetson Bennett and his confidence coming into this season is the confidence that he had in the national championship game last year. This offense put up over 570 yards of offense. Stetson Bennett himself threw for 368, two touchdowns. When you have guys like Brock Bowers, Mitchell, Ladd McConkey, Darnell Washington, Gilbert, two backs in McIntosh and Milton, Stetson Bennett can just walk in there and say, you know what, I am the mailman. I deliver on Sundays and holidays, even if you don't think we do. So Stetson Bennett, I think, and I, I tweeted something kind of being funny, but kind of being serious too at the same time. Hey, Stetson Bennett for Heisman? We don't know yet. But the man's confidence, he got a haircut. The man got a haircut, and he's playing even different this year already. He has confidence, Freddie. <laughs> Number three. Number three, I'm going to go with Ohio State's run game. Ohio State found themselves being down in that football game. Uh, they were struggling offensively. Jackson Smith and Jigba got banged up early in that football game, so C.J. Stroud didn't have his top guy. They found out they got a young receiver, um, um, Ibuka, who's mm-hmm. going to be phenomenal for them. Nine catches, 90 yards uh, in that game this past weekend against Notre Dame. But the run game, Travion Henderson had o- uh, over 90 yards. And then Mayan Williams, the last score that Ohio State had, I literally tweeted, it's the Mayan Williams drive. And I had an opportunity because I know their running back coach really well, Tony Alford. I talked to him after the game, and he basically said, I got some dogs. I got two dogs. I got two studs in Ohio State, who in the past was looked at being, as being a finesse football team, especially if you looked at last year and the games that they lost. They didn't show finesse in that first game against Notre Dame. They showed defensively that they can get it done uh, under Jim Knowles, who came from Oklahoma State. But offensively, when the team needed it the most, the running backs in the offensive line pushed on the Notre Dame defensive line, and they got it done. Number four. Number four, the ACC. The ACC might want to stop scheduling group of five teams to play because when you look at what happened this weekend, you talk about Old Dominion beating Virginia Tech. That was one. Then you looked at the uh, UNC, the Tar Heels, playing Appalachian State. That could have ended up in being a loss. If it wasn't for a quarterback missing a two-point conversion throw, they would have lost that game. North Carolina that was an App State would have won. But they didn't win. North Carolina, Mac Brown, they're dancing. I don't know why they're dancing because they literally should have <laughs> lost that football game. Oh, that's and, what they that gave, <laughs> and they gave up like 40 points in the fourth quarter, which is unheard of. To me, unheard of. And then you see East Carolina against NC State and their field goal kicker missing the, uh, the field goal to extra, extra point to actually tie the field goal up, and then they got a punt block for a touchdown. So Devin Leary and the NC State Wolfpack, I know they're happy and excited that they actually got out of that. But if I'm the ACC, I might start thinking twice about scheduling group of five opponents. Number five. Number five. So on Thursday night, last Thursday that is, I got a chance to be in Pittsburgh for the backyard brawl. As if you're watching right now, that game ended with an interception for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh and West Virginia should be playing every year. This is the first time they played Freddie since 2011. And I don't understand why, why it was that drought. The most watched football game in Pittsburgh, I think it might have been history, was Thursday night, the backyard brawl, the Pitt Panthers versus West Virginia Mountaineers. I was there. It was electric. And I think every year, starting on that Thursday night football game, I think it should start with the backyard brawl, literally. That's a great, great idea. By the way, those are the HD observations from Harry Douglas doing that right here with me, Freddie Coleman. 
on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up anytime on ESPN Radio and watch us on ESPN2. I'm going to start there with the backyard brawl because this has been a bone of contention with me, not so much with Pittsburgh versus West Virginia, but because of conference expansion and super conferences. Yeah, Pittsburgh in the ACC and West Virginia one time, both these two teams, these rivals win the Big East Conference and now West Virginia in mm-hmm. the Big 12. That should matter when you have those two teams in close proximity not playing each other in football. It makes absolutely no sense. It's the same thing with Kansas and Missouri. They don't play anymore, and that was a rivalry that started during the Civil War involving both of those programs. The fact that Kansas and Missouri aren't playing anymore because Kansas and the Big 12, Missouri moved to the SEC makes no sense to me. I get it that Texas A&M didn't want to play Texas anymore. Now they're not have any choice because after 2025, they're going to be mm-hmm. conference rivals. So now they're back to being the little brother again when it comes to <laughs> Texas. But that's why they went to the SEC. So they wanted to get out of their shadow with Texas having the Longhorn Network and everything like that. That shouldn't allow rivalries, longstanding rivalries, to not be played anymore. Have some sense in your brains to realize it's good for your programs. It's good for both communities involving these programs. The fact that Kansas and Missouri doesn't play anymore and that Pittsburgh and West Virginia did not play for a long time made absolutely no sense to me, and it still doesn't make any sense to this day. Yeah, when you look at that game, Freddie, and I, when I was in college, I was in the Big East, so I had a chance to go up and play at Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I had a chance to go and play at West Virginia. I'll never forget being hit by batteries on the sideline. But then when our <laughs> team bus was pulling up at West Virginia, because everything is hilly now, yeah. uh, when, when you're going up in, uh, in Morgantown, uh, the fans rocking our bus. But mm-hmm. you love that type of atmosphere. And as an opponent, if you're going into that, man, you, your juices and the hair on your arm is standing up because that's the kind of environment you want to play in. But those two, those two schools, those two towns, those two areas, whatever yeah. you want to call them, what, 70, 75 miles away from one another? Mm-hmm. But then you look at – you see Clemson and South Carolina. Those two teams still play. Louisville, Kentucky, they still play. Um, you have Georgia, Georgia Tech. Those two teams still play. The backyard brawl should be played every year. No exceptions. I don't care what anybody says because that energy in that stadium in Pittsburgh this past weekend was – Probably one of the best, if not the best, in college football the entire weekend. I like your idea of having that kick off the Thursday night part of Labor Day weekend with the backyard brawl. That's a fantastic idea. So Pittsburgh and West Virginia, if you're listening, ESPN, if you're listening, pay attention to Harry Douglas. He knows exactly what he's talking about when it comes <laughs> to that. Speaking of juice and electricity, a lot of that next to Anthony Richardson based on the game he had versus Utah, an electric game that I hope that game doesn't get lost. I know what he was able to do, but that game was physical. It was tough. These young men were getting after. It was maybe the most fun game that a lot of people should talk about more, being one of the better games of the weekend, involving Florida knocking off number seven Utah at home in front of the largest opening day crowd in the history of the Swamp. But a lot of talk, a lot of chatter about Anthony Ridge and what he did at quarterback, even from Dan Orlowski, ESPN NFL and college football analyst. He's got one start. He's number 12 in Mel Kuyper's list. You know, he's that incredible of a talent. So I think he's absolutely going to be into that conversation. A young man that's only going to get better, and now he's got a coach that really, really does a good job of developing quarterbacks. I cannot wait. He's going to hop into the top five for sure. I'm glad that Dan Mullen is a compadre of ours now as an ESPN college football analyst, and I've known Dan for more than a minute. But I wonder, Harry, if he still would have his job in Florida if he played that guy a little bit more last year. I just thought he was a guy that should have been played earlier last year. Um, Emory Jones struggled early last year as well. So, uh, And then when you look at a guy like his size, and in the back of my mind I'm saying, okay, 
there was at one point when the University of Florida had a guy named Cam Newton. Now, Cam Newton was there at the same time that Tim Tebow was there, so we know that wasn't going to happen, and he wasn't going to override that. Plus, Cam had the issues at Florida and had to go to JUCO and then transfer and went to Auburn. But I was say, I always say it to people, and people thought I was crazy, mm-hmm. if Cam Newton wouldn't have been the quarterback for the University of Florida all those years, they probably would have won a national championship every single year. Really? And now every single year. Because you look at his talent, you look at what he did at Auburn. Now, granted, he had to go through some stuff and then grow up. But I still think if he was able to play at Florida and be there as the starting quarterback every year, Florida would have won a national championship every year. I do believe that. Okay. Because you look at the size, you look at the arm strength, you look at how the offense was tailored towards him. And that's why I love Billy Napier being at Florida now running that spread option because you have a guy in Anthony Richardson who I think is more athletic. I think he's faster than Cam Newton. And his arm strength, I posted a, a video on my, on my Instagram, at, at hdouglas83, if y'all are wondering, of Anthony Richardson looking to his left, dropping back in the pocket, looking left, looking left, knowing that he wants to go right and throw the seam ball uh, to the right side of the football field, quickly flipped his hips, but the arm strength, getting the ball there, uh, throwing, throwing it on a rope, throwing, it, throwing that rifle. Uh, those intangibles are, are, are what you see NFL coaches sob over. And then you see the two-point conversion that a lot of y'all are seeing right now. You, you fake the throw, jump in the air, spin to the right, and then just flick it in the back of the end zone for the two-point conversion. And you see the young man with his hands out. But those intangibles are what NFL scouts, owners, GMs, uh, head coaches, offensive coordinators are going to be uh, slobbing out the mouth over because you, you just don't find players like that every day in college. Excuse me, hold on a second. Yeah. Hi, Tim Tebow. Yeah. Oh, you want to talk to Harry Douglas after the show about what he said about Cam Newton? Yeah, yeah I got his number. I'll, I'll no, text it to you, and you guys no, can talk after. No, right, no thanks, lies Tim. detected. I appreciate it. No problem. Right, yeah, Tim Tebow wants to talk to you after the show about that whole Cam Newton thing. Hey, I, and, I, and, I, and I love – listen, and I love Tim. And I love Tim. But let's mm-hmm. be honest now. Cam Newton was a better quarterback than Tim Tebow. In college? Let's be honest. I, I know the one let's, year at Auburn. I mean, I get it. I understand it. But Tim Tebow's a dude. And that offense uh, was Freddie. centered around him. And I there's no way that Urban Freddie. Meyer was going to put Cam Newton. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm not saying that you don't have a right to believe oh, no, that. But, th- but that's why I say it wasn't going to happen, though. Right. Because yeah. Tim Tebow was that guy. Yeah. And uh, not only was Tim Tebow was that guy, he was an amazing leader. Yeah. I don't know. Right? If I'll, he was I'm the leader going, of the I don't team. know if I'm going there with you. I guess I saw Tim Tebow do some things that were just magnificent. The four years he's at Florida, he almost put Chris Leak on the bench because Chris Leak was a senior the year they won the national championship as a freshman. I hear what you're saying, Harry. I'm just not going there with you. I, I, I don't think they would have won a national championship every year. But, camp. It's but check, hard to win national but, championships. But check this out, It though. really is. But check this out. So Cam, when he was at Auburn, that wasn't remarkable? It was remarkable. There's no doubt about that. But at the same time, winning it year after year in college football, that's tough to do. It really is, no matter how great you are. As great as Tim Tebow was, he has two national championships. Hell, Peyton Manning was great all four years at Tennessee. Not one national championship. And believe me, as great as Cam Newton was that one year at Auburn, Peyton Manning was a different dude at but Tennessee, me, but they couldn't be Florida every year. It was, it was me, tough to get out of the SEC, much less winning a national championship. Let me ask you this. So do you think, all right, the Cam Newton that we've seen from Auburn, uh-huh. if that Cam Newton is, is with Florida – do you like their chances better to win it every year? For one year, yes. But for four years playing at that elite level, no. He wouldn't have been able to play like that well, at it, elite it, level for four years. But, it, no but we know it wouldn't have been four years, though. At the most, it would have been three years. Okay, I don't think we would have done it for three years. It, it's so hard how, to how win. Many, how, how many did they win it with Tim Tebow? They won two. They had two. So His freshman how, year. How, how, can, 
So how can you say it wouldn't have been three? It wouldn't have been three because it's so tough to even win one. To win three in a row for three years? Nah, son. There's no, as, as much as talent as Cam Newton was that one year at Auburn, Harry. I'm not going there with you. It's hard to win in the SEC to win I, an SEC championship game, you, much less you, get a national championship game and winning that. You're forgetting the players that Florida had on that team. I'm not, they had some – they had some guys on their team now. They did. That doesn't mean they're going to win it every year. Alabama has dudes but, on their team. But they don't but win it every year. But their, chance, but their chances are better if Cam Newton that we've seen at Auburn was on their team I'm versus the Tim Tebow. I'm not going there with you. Nope. I, but I, nope. I'll take it there. You, I, I'm firm in what I believe I'm in. I'm glad you did. You can be on that plank of this pirate ship all you want before they I'm toss firm. you to the Mississippi River. I'm just going to say, hey, poor Harry. Hey, he, t- he believed get, what he believed, but he went off the plank. They could toss me all I want. I know football, though. <laughs> I'm not I know saying what you I'm don't. I, I'm not <laughs> saying you don't. Believe me, I know you know football. I'll even say it right now. I know you know football more than I do. But it is so – and, Harry, you know this. You played for Louisville. You played big-time college football. You played in the yeah. National Football League. It is hard to win championships. Hell, it's hard to win playoff games in the National Football League. As great as Patrick Mahomes is, he may have only one championship in his career, which would be the same as Aaron Rodgers, what he did for the Green Bay Packers. It doesn't less how great they are. It is just so hard to win playoff games in the NFL. It's, and even more so now in college football with a 12-team expansion, it's going to be incredibly hard to have back-to-back national champions no matter what kind of alignment they're going to have when it comes to power college football. And you go back into the day in the SEC when Tim Tebow was playing, Alabama was on the come up, you had Auburn over here, Georgia starting to do the thing, I, Matthew Stafford. It would have been hard like, for Cam Newton like to my, do that. I like my chances with Cam Newton, with that roster that Florida had. I like, I like his chances. All these lies in Keyshawn, Jalen, and Max brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless <laughs> and Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. Get the $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk Wireless. I will say this about what you just said. Urban Meyer, bad dude, bad NFL coach, but boy, could he recruit. We saw it in Florida, all the dudes he got down there. Yes, we saw it at Ohio State. When you're a Cam Newton and you have that kind of skill level and the guy you're competing against is Tim Tebow, that shows you exactly, to your point, what kind of dudes they had all over the place in Florida. It didn't matter if it was quarterback, running back, old linemen, receivers, defensive ends, defensive tackles, linebackers, secondary. They had, they had it dudes. all. They had it all. <laughs> they and had still it all. didn't win every year. And still they didn't win all, every man. year. Still didn't win every year. And I love Cam those Luton. Florida teams. I know. <laughs> I, I give you credit. You're staying on this. Cam and, Newton. Uh, Cam Newton, as great as he was for that one year. I'm not going there with you, Harry. I'm not. I'm not. Copy and paste. Okay. I'm going to remember these things. <laughs> we go into the, 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 the hot tub time machine college football world <laughs> when it comes to that. We still got one football game left tonight. Harry's going to be there, as a matter of fact, because he lives in Atlanta. And Clemson's playing Georgia Tech at the, at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. But a lot of people not having faith in Clemson. We do, but not Keyshawn Johnson from Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Clemson is not as high and mighty as they were four or five years ago. They're a different program now. They've been depleted of coordinators over the last couple of years that have gone on to become head coaches. I mean, they—they they, when Chad Morris left to take the job at SMU, okay, they stayed the course. Tony Elliott was still there, stayed mm-hmm. the course. It did well. Brent Venables on the defensive side of the ball was still there. And so Jeff Scott was still there. Then Jeff Scott leaves and goes to uh, South Florida to become the head coach. Now all of a sudden Venables is at Oklahoma and Elliott is at Virginia. That's a lot to lose off a staff to think that they still going to be strong in the ACC. 
the one thing more than ever before in modern college football, Harry, you can't have questions about your quarterback if you're going to be a national championship team. Stetson Bennett, the fourth, or should I say, let me get it right, Stetson Fleming Bennett, the fourth, <laughs> has become the dude for Georgia got quarterback. that fresh cut down, man. You got, you got to dress him right. You yeah, got that I, fresh I, cut. I like the cut. For, I like the, the flow in the letters from last year more than this year. He looks too corporate for me this year. <laughs> like, last year, he was Stetson Bennett, the fourth, with the flow. This year, he's now the CEO. He says, Sam Fleming Bennett, the fourth, you know, being the CEO of the program. <laughs> but he's become a dude at quarterback for Georgia. Bryce Young is a dude at quarterback for Alabama. Yep. We know right now Anthony Richardson keeps doing this for Florida. He's going to be a dude for the University of Florida. But DJ Ulalongale has got to be a dude for Clemson because that's what they're used to when it was Trevor Lawrence, whether it was yep. Taj Boyd, whether it was Deshaun Watson. If DJ Ulalongale can't be a dude for Clemson, he is not going to be the starting quarterback, and that means Clemson's chances of being in the playoff are going to go from yes to nah. I don't see that happening. Yeah, and they just need him to be more consistent, more consistent than he was last year. He has the running backs. Will Shipley, I think he's going to be phenomenal this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, But one of the things I thought Clemson was missing offensively, and they had it with the Hunter Renfro when Deshaun Watson there. They had it with an Amari Rodgers when Trevor Lawrence was there. Was that slot receiver being quick and shifty, can get in and out of breaks and just routing people up. They missed that last year. I thought just about every receiver they had was the same size, 6'3", 6'4", long, lanky uh, of that caliber. They have a freshman right now, though, Antonio Williams. I think Antonio Williams is going to be able to be that guy for Clemson this year, being able to work into the slot. They also have a a, a smaller guy named Spectre. But I'm looking forward to seeing Antonio Williams. Now, when I look at Clemson defensively, Mm. Clemson has the best defensive line in college football, Uh, hands down. Best defensive line, and they're going to be able to wreak havoc, get get to the quarterback, sack the quarterback. You talk about Brian Breesy, Miles Murphy, Tyler Davis, yeah. KJ Henry, and then they just had one get hurt. So they had they they were like five or six deep. Uh, Moscow, uh, he's going to be able to play some snaps as well. But they have a little bit of depth, and they have guys on that defensive line that can be dominant. And when you look into the NFL draft next year, they may have two of those guys going the first round. I know uh, Brian Breesy, he's going to be in the first round. Yeah. But Clemson, can they be consistent offensively? Uh, last year, we got to remember now, they won 10 games last year, and that was a down year for Clemson. But they finished the season well. They didn't start it off great. And they lost to the team that won a national championship in Georgia. Uh, they lost to Pittsburgh, the team that won the ACC championship last year with Kenny Pickett. And we've, we've seen what, what he's able to do right now in, in, in the National Football League in preseason, balling out, making the quarterback competition. But I think Clemson's going to be all right this year. Well, they'll be all right for the first three games because I don't think Georgia Tech's going to put up much of a fight 8 o'clock Eastern time tonight in ESPN. Then they have Furman and Louisiana Tech. And then they get Wake Forest, but Wake Forest won't have their quarterback who was throwing the ball over the place last year. They may not see a, a top-flight team until North Carolina State on October 1st. We'll see exactly if Clemson can do that. But mm-hmm. DJ Uwe it's going to be on him to be that dude, a quarterback that they're used to when it comes to Clemson. Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman and Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. What job might have been saved this weekend in college football? That's next. From your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Radio. Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.